Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we celebrate Keyforge, its community, and the excitement of discovery. And uh, dear listener, you actually know something I don't right now, because uh, I actually don't know what this deck discovery is going to be titled, because uh, we, we haven't opened the deck yet. And by we, I mean I'm using the power of technology to put something in front of the wonderful, the incomparable Ed Pocock. Hello, Ed. Hello! I can't wait to exchange thoughts on this new set with you, Zach. <laughs> well, don't get too windy, Ed. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Ed uh, can't see my face, which is great, because instead he is actually looking at one of uh, my sealed decks from Keyforge Celebration. It still is sealed, uh, even though even though I very much just wanted to open this and see it because it's a Winds of Exchange deck. It's super exciting. I'm obsessed. But for the sake of you, Ed, for the sake of you, this this deck and one more, dear listener, you'll have another of these episodes. Uh, what this has been kept kept fresh, kept sealed, kept untampered with. Uh, so I'm sure it's just completely full of blorbs. I don't even know if Ed knows what that means. I don't know what that means, Zach. I don't. But the, <laughs> the the box looks majestic. It looks exciting. It's also got a kind of retro vibe to it. I think, like mm. you know, it's it's just one of those traditional cardboard boxes, and you're going to open it, and it's going to give that satisfying click when you open it. You know, the kind of satisfying click that just can't be mm. undone. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Mm. Me too. Me too. So what we're going to do, dear listener, is we're going to pop this open. We'll look at the name of the deck, uh, and then I will be showing Ed the deck card by card. This will all be... Uh, how new will all these cards be to you, Ed? <laughs> Completely new, Zach. So <laughs> our longtime listeners will know that I have a really a short attention span. Sorry, I, I mean, our longtime listeners will know that... I, I I don't like to uh, to get involved with all of the spoilers and and that actually I like just to discover cards as they come out as I see them in the wild and and this counts guys this counts as seeing it in the wild because um, yeah this is this is this is this is the the excitement of the call of discovery right hmm. up close and personal so I'm, right. I'm excited. And as far as seeing the cards in the wild, that is the uh, legal designation for my office is the wilds. Oh, so, great. I'm so, glad. Yeah. So you're covered. You're covered there. I thought I thought Not... it was a jungle. Um... <laughs> well, yeah. 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 My my jungle of an office, I guess. Maybe Keyforge is the jungle. Anyways. Yeah. It, yeah. So <laughs> I will Semantics. I will be using <laughs> I will be using my my knowledge of the set, having played it a bunch at Celebration. I went a few uh 
at the time of listening a few weeks ago to Tabletop Royale and played a Winds of Exchange deck there. So I have uh, a decent amount of it under my belt. So I'll give any context or fun little fun little tidbits as Ed discovers this deck live on the microphone. Ed, you remember the last time um, we opened a deck up, like live on the microphone together? This was a while ago. <laughs> it was probably like the first episode you joined the podcast. I think <laughs> it feels like many, many millions of moons ago. Um, so I, was... I feel very humbled and excited to to be doing it again. To be honest, yeah, it was when we did um, when it was when NARP was called CD-ROM, the deck practicing method. I came up with, and I opened a Worlds Collide deck live on the microphone and committed to, and eventually, like, you know, 16 months later, completed 150 games <laughs> with with uh, that deck, Keepers the Strong Chin. So no 150 game commitment here, just uh, a whole lot of Ed Pocock joy. So. I, I, I still can't believe you did that, Zach. What, going, going back to my, my short attention span here. <laughs> I think that that follows through of playing decks repeated times, and mm-hmm. do, you, do you know what? I I, I really I, I really am amazed at at your patience, at your mm. um, just your ability to kind of go it again with a deck and again and again and again. Um, if I remember rightly, it was it wasn't a very sort of um, profound deck either. Uh, it was profound in that its normalcy and its clunkiness taught me deep, deep Keyforge lessons. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you practice with a really good deck, I mean, there's plenty there, and knowing the deck is good, but um, I was forced into so many situations of having to play to to very extreme outs, or uh, and I did a lot of uh, adaptive when that was still a format, so I got very good at chain bidding as well. So, um, yeah. Sweaty, sweaty Zach says uh, deck knowledge is the scarcest resource in Keyforge. So playing a deck 150 times really taught me how to do that. But we're not we're not here to get be sweaty. We're here to be giddy. Woo! This is yeah. this. I'm going to try to be giddy Zach here. Yeah, with, giddy with Zach. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, you already are sweaty Zach. You can't help it. You uh, you beat you beat Voltal winners for breakfast these days. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just part of who you are, Zach. It's part right, of who you right. are. Well, it was technically it was for dinner because uh, Nathan Nathan bought me dinner. So, uh, anyways, without further ado, Ed, I think it's mm. time to unseal. It is time. To I, w- I want to hear vault. that click. I want to hear that click. Okay, well we've got to, we've got to slice this tape a little bit here. Oh, oh. slice the tape. Slice Not your the fingers. Tape, and then, no. oh. hold on. Yeah, hold on. Still got ten fingers. Yeah. All right, I tried to open that near. Okay, uh, deckless side down. Ooh, Ooh. okay. So we're going to get to see what, our. Why is there a picture? Why does it look different? What is this? <laughs> Excellent. Okay, uh, so. Uh, first off, I'm going to read the name, then I'm going to answer Ed's question. So this is Fan, the veterinarian of taxation. Fantastic. <laughs> we kind of have a ghostly owl with, uh, it looks like six walking limbs uh, in yellow for the Archon. We have Mars, Saurian, and Unfathomable. Uh, and Ed, yeah, there's a little picture there, isn't there? There's yeah, a little bit of art. Let me is. get this out of the wrapper. And I can Ooh. show you that art more closely. And then oh, that satisfying deck opening sound. Wow. Eventually reveal to you what that art means. If it wasn't, wouldn't slow down the process, I would have 
crinkle the plastic near the microphone here, but I'm trying to open open well without marking up this this fan too much. But okay. you know what? The anticipation is killing me. It's all good. <laughs> all right. We've got two of my favorite houses there. <laughs> you, you mean not Mars? Two not Mars houses? <laughs> it is poetic that we've that. opened up a Mars house. All right. So bringing this up to the camera a bit for Ed. Yeah. So that is a bit of a... Um, so it's a dinosaur, one of the kind of like egg-eating omnivore oh. types. So he had a little feathered arm. And Ed, what that is is that is the art for the token creature included with the deck. Ah. Each house has four tokens uh, associated with it, one that can be pulled in specially, uh, and then three that are kind of pulled in normally. So forgetting about the special ones, when this deck was generated, then looked at the three unfathomable tokens, the three Saurian tokens, and the three Mars tokens, and picked one at random. And it has picked, let me actually grab the card for you, it has picked Scholar. And this is the reference card. After reap, draw one card. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing in practice the after reap. I, I like it. It's simple. Yes. Anything that makes it simple. Do you know what? I love the long form art there as well. Mm-hmm. And dear listener, what they've done is they've 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 basically changed the shape of the card. So they've gone, do you know what? We don't need a load of text here. Let's enjoy the beauty of, of this art. And it's a... Uh, dinosaur scholar um pontificating around something or maybe just contemplating around something i don't know i think i think um, yes, it's a bit a, fuzzy there's, <laughs> yes there's a, a, a some sort of of holographic document on top of a a pillar being used as what looks like a kind of a bedside or a bench side table here so yeah the the token is scholar one power after reap draw a card they also did that with fight where all fight effects now say after fight draw one card uh, just to, to add clarity and, and uh, make it much easier for newer players Fantastic. to understand. Because it really was, all those effects are after fight and after reap. So, And Zach, just for some of our, our, our newer listeners or listeners unfamiliar with the new set, you know, how do these token creatures work? Sure. So when uh, when a card effect instructs you to make a token creature, you take the top card of your deck and put it face down into play, and then uh, it is the creature. So we have this this token card that's a reference card. It's going to be off to the side in any given game. And then every face down card on the table is uh, a token creature. And so uh, they are often smaller. They get as big as uh, some are actually five power, uh, but they have they have drawbacks. Uh, they're more normal one, two or three power. And uh, decks include all sorts of varieties of ways uh, at least three, and we've seen a lot more than that in some decks, ways to make token creatures from the top uh, of your deck. And when you make a token creature, it's just a copy of whatever token was included with the deck. So when Fan, the veterinarian of taxation, makes a token, uh, it is a scholar entering play ready. Uh, for the, the people who want to understand the, the nitpicky rules out there, it's entering play, and it's entering play exhausted, not ready. I may have misspoke there. So. Do you know what though? That looks like a, a, a and sorry, listener as well. When Zach flipped the card, it's a um, a reference card essentially as well on the back. So really, really handy, tackling some of the um, mechanics and themes that we'll be seeing in this set 
which I just think is anything that lowers that barrier to entry that makes the game yes. more accessible to new players. Mm-hmm. I like yes. that. The, the quick reference on the back of this card is like it was on the Tide cards in Dark Tidings. And if you're not familiar with that, once the deck is made on the back, on the back of this reference card, the uh, computer program goes and grabs all of the keywords that are in the deck. Uh, doesn't include any keywords not present because if you're playing the deck, you won't need those necessarily. Uh, and it puts them all on here. So it's got definitions for token creature, splash attack, exalt, capture, poison, and skirmish, which is fantastic. So this is really interesting because I, I suppose if you've got all of your token creatures coming from one house, mm-hmm. it essentially means you have a dominant house in the game and you're going to get more value from that if you're calling that house more frequently, potentially. So I, yeah. I suppose Sarian tokens are, on the whole, maybe more valuable than another house that might be a, a burst house or something. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's for sure. I've played some decks that only want to make a small handful of tokens, and I've played some decks, uh, and they're just those tokens help out a little bit, but mostly you're playing your normal effects on your cards. And then I have a few decks I've tested a little bit that, are all about their their token that are all about their token and how you how you use the token so uh i'm excited and ed how about uh i can just start from the top here and we just flip cards over and go yeah yes yes yes, yes, excellent all right what house is gonna be first oh of course (gasps) because it's ed we're gonna have mars that we have here incubation chamber familiar card familiar it is a rare i believe first printed in uh age of ascension uh or call of the archons it's a classic keyforge at this point it's omni reveal a mars creature from your hand if you do archive it strong yes yes a good card (laughs) Uh, if you get it early then you're going to be omniing quite a bit getting some speed so we like that so that's one artifact lovely Oh, another reprint from Age of Ascension. Yeah. The... Y- Yixlix Stimrager. I'm really glad you did the pronunciation on that. <laughs> oh, and, and look, we've got a um we've got a, a capture icon on it as well. That's right. That's fantastic. Okay. It is. Mm. That that is great. So Stimrager will capture. Stimrager is a four or two, so that's pretty beefy. It can capture onto itself if we want. Uh, and then it has the updated text. Uh, it used to just say fight. Now it's after fight, deal two damage to a creature and move it to either flank of its controller's battle line. So a uh, pretty fun, nice. pretty useful effect. Yeah. And that's a card you want to see that capture icon on as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if nothing else, it can capture onto itself. And it's also nice that we're, we've got at least one great creature that we can uh, grab with Incubation Chamber. Oh, 100%. All right. Only 10 more Mars cards, Ed. I think you can make it. Yeah, I'm, I'm crying, actually. But, um, yeah. <laughs> this Ooh, one, this Ed. This is new. This is new. Memrox, Memrox the, the Red. red. Yes. Let's see. Are you able to make out that text? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's like a trip to the opticians. No, no, no. You've got to put it further away. Oh. Just like, there we go. Oh, perfect. There we perfect. Go. I did lock the, I did lock the, uh, <laughs> the focus on this. <laughs> it says, your opponent's cards cannot leave your archives. Gain one amber for each card in your archives. Oh man, this could be a yes. real archive deck then. No Logos. Is Logos in this set? Uh, it is not. 
that is Ooh. not in this set. So yeah, we're already going to be archiving our own creatures, and Memrox has an action gain one for each card in our archive. So we've got at least one one synergy here, which is great. Mm, that's great. Oh, yeah. And if, if Logos aren't in this set, that's why we're seeing the card drawer in Saurian, I suppose. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it had to go live somewhere. Sorry, and even in Worlds Collide, I think had a few that would draw a few cards here and there. But yes, yeah. it is. It is nice. And Scholar, you know, thematically, Knowledge, Scholar, Logos. Makes sense. Yeah. So Memrock's uh, a great card if we have especially ways to archive our opponent's creatures. Or opponent's cards, at least. All right. Mars card number four. Zizok. This is fun. Uh, Zizok is a three-power Martian soldier with skirmish and splash attack one. Uh, so splash attack, Ed, is... Um, a simplified version of what we saw on like Caufine and Mingle Bang Bang, yeah. where when this creature attacks, you simultaneously deal the splash, att- a splash attack damage to the attacked creature's neighbors. Makes sense. I mean, we all referred to it as splash anyway, so sure. you might as well keyword it. Mm-hmm. And then Zizok says, after an enemy creature is destroyed by Zizok's splash attack damage, ready Zizok. So... Mm-hmm. Great at wiping up the tiny, the tiny critters. Yeah, particularly with so many tokens in the set. I imagine this will this will be uh, maybe disproportionately valuable if you've got a lot of one one power creatures um, in sealed. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I played a game at uh, Celebration where I the first third of the game was just me dealing with a Zizok completely wiping my board each time I played cards down. <laughs> oh man! Oh yeah, man! It was nasty. All right, so it's another Martian creature, which is great. Ooh, Ooh, another reprint. You got a lot of creature damage here. Yes, this, this is, is ammonia clouds. Wipe. Yes, mm. three damage to each creature. No chains, so gosh, not okay. bad. Yeah, see, the challenge is mechanically, I like Mars. It's just, it's just thematically, I, right. I really struggle, <laughs> Zach. I really struggle with it. Yeah, yep. it was allegiances? it was Richard Garfield's pet and in, pet inclusion mm. uh, in the uh, in the the first the first versions of the game for sure. Partly cloudy with a chance of acid rain. Mm, nasty. Not good to live uh, near a Martian, uh, a Martian uh, uh, battle station. That's for sure. No. Nope. Okay. Mars card number six. Halfway through with this one. Ooh. <laughs> Clone, Clone home. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, with your voice is better. Um, so it's an action. Make a token creature. If there are more friendly creatures than enemy creatures archive clone home we've got more archive mm-hmm. nice okay Exciting. yes yeah so this is a good one didn't get an enhancement on here but yeah this will archive itself if if we're ahead on board which is great, mm. which is I, great. I like the art on this that's stunning yeah yeah it'd also be nice that if this is archiving itself because we might have a few uh mars creatures from from the the incubation chamber Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, second half of the Mars now. Ironics Rebel. Mmm. 
So this has deploy. It's two power. Uh, and it says play ready each of Ironic's Rebels Mars neighbors. Okay. That that's that's powerful. Um Yeah. Gets mm-hmm. ready if if you've got two Martians either side, token deck. If you've if certainly if your deck's got a Martian creature as a token, unfortunately this one doesn't. I can see right. that one really coming into hand. And we got a damage pip on it as well. Great. Yeah. We we do indeed, and we've got uh, two creatures that would love to be used twice in a turn: Stim Rager and Memrox the Red. So that is that is pretty fantastic. Mm. Or even just use the first turn they're played. Excellent. Next one is Kaboom. <laughs> okay, that's more cool art. That is more cool art. Yeah, with a capture icon. Action play. Put each Mars creature into its owner's archives. Destroy each creature. Gain three chains. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> nice. Do, do you know what I mean? It doesn't even need to have that extra effect of, oh, if you've got Mars, put it all in your archive. That's a one-sided board wipe. Yeah. Yeah, you can put away all your all your stuff. All your stuff. Hide your Martians and then blow everything up. And with the most useless capture icon you could possibly oh, imagine. <laughs> yep, that unfortunately is pretty dang useless. <laughs> what, what's the flavor text? The flavor text is, there was supposed to be a crucible shattering kaboom. Uh, and this is a Marvin the Martian reference, not a cartoon I grew up on. but uh, Okay, I've uh, never so heard of it. Yeah, 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 a cartoon uh, definitely played here in the, the U.S., uh, but the art is a direct reference with the little the little Roman style plume helmet there, so really useful, really useful board wipe, especially because we've got some cool Mars creatures there. So I like mm. it. I like it. And maybe some more. Perhaps let's see. Scoop nope. up. Scoop up. Action with an amber pip. Put a friendly non Mars creature and an enemy non Mars creature into your archives. If that mm. enemy creature would leave your archives, return it to its owner's hand instead. So there's a little of that synergy with Memrox the Red, where as long as Memrox is out, we could go ahead and pull our archives and not have to return uh, not have to return uh, the, the enemy creature. Yep, makes sense. And again, sort of new Martian arc going on here with a UFO and a tractor beam. What's it, what's it capturing? What's it capturing? It is, I'm going to, Pull it up to my eyes real quick. Oh, I see. It's over the ocean. That's an Aquan. It really, I honestly ah. did not, I did not figure that out until just now. Well, you heard it here first, listener. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's an Aquan being abducted, which uh, appropriate with Unfathomable being included here. In the set and in this particular deck. All right, that is three. All right, three more Mars cards. Three more Mars cards. Another classic. Ooh, you can pronounce this one. Yes. <laughs> Xanthix <laughs> Harvester. So this one, I love seeing returning cards get enhanced. So this one has a damage pip. Xanthix Harvester, three creature, uh, three creature. <laughs> it might be three creatures all in one. A three power beast. If Xanthix Harvester or Xanthix Harvester cannot be used, well, it has a non-Mars neighbor. After Reap, gain an amber. So Reap's for two, but shut down. Shuts down if uh, it has somebody who's not Martian. There's so much synergy in this Mars 
uh, lineup. And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays with the rest of the deck because that was always yes. an issue of Mars early on, wasn't it? You know, mm -hmm. you, it would play really well if you had a 36 deck card deck of Mars creatures and action cards and wonderful things and contraptions, but any other houses came in and uh, and it kind of lost its edge a bit. Yep. Yep, for sure. For sure. So yeah, we'll see how we'll see how it does. Mm. Uh two more to round out this oh. house. Ooh. Yik Slicks <laughs> Mesmerist. Yes. Bingo. Bingo. Five power. Action. It's a creature. Um obviously five power. Um action. A creature captures one amber from its own side. Okay. Hmm. Yes, a, a classic. We had that uh, two-power Mind Warper in previous sets, and so this is a five-power, but without the elusive, doing the doing the same thing here. Uh, yeah. The flavor text is pretty funny. So Yik, the the mesmerist in the art is in the background and uh, using green Martian psychic energy to mind control what looks like a far elf uh, from shadows. And the flavor text says it didn't take a lot of psychic power to convince a thief to steal, but they use a lot anyways. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, Martians. Classic. If you were real, you'd be terrible. Yes. And a second oh! mesmerist. So that is our first double in the deck is uh, two mesmerists. So. Yeah. Uh, I love overall some some quality creatures in here. Uh, I'll I'll do some good work and uh, a decent amount of uh, synergy between them. Yeah, I'm looking to to forward to hearing how how the Mars lineup does within within this deck for you. Yeah, so that is uh, that is seven Mars creatures. So that'll that'll mm. hold the board. Nom, seven nom, Mars nom. creatures, four actions, two of which are board wipes. Yeah, one of which makes a token. Uh, one of which is direct removal, and then the incubation chamber. So. How fun. Perfect. All Who's right. Who's going to be next? Is it going to be Saurian? Is it going to be an unfathomable lineup? <laughs> Whatever it is, it'll be the rare if there's a rare in the house, I think, because mm. we've got the rares on top here, which nom, is exciting. Nom, nom. Here we go. Oh. Oh, this is a new one. <sighs> this is a new one. This is an artifact. Ambrosia Outpost. Yeah. Amber Pip action it's a location and we you know we love the Asarian locations and it mm -hmm. is uh, a temple um there or maybe a kind of uh diplomatic center of some kind there is someone uh speaking to an audience with it in the middle um and just behind you can see it's got an open sky above it and behind there is a big uh white maybe marble or something statue of a of a dinosaur with a big spear um, and the clouds are parting. Yeah, so it says, action, put a friendly creature on the bottom of its owner's deck. If you do, move one amber from a friendly creature to your pool. Oh, cool. So you're instantly, there's a synergy there with some of those Martian creatures that we just pulled out there um, in, in terms of moving amber from your own creatures to your pool. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because, yeah, we've got that capture, or we've got those two capture pips, although that poor Kaboom probably won't ever, <laughs> probably won't ever do it. 
Um, but yeah, you'll, it's, you'll uh, find it's... a way. If there's a way, Zach, it's the sort of <laughs> thinky puzzle that you you like to solve. Yeah, and the other the other use for this outpost with the putting a friendly creature on the bottom of the owner's deck is if you have a token uh, that is a card you want to play, <laughs> uh, you can grab that token and put it on the bottom of your deck with this. Because uh, otherwise, you'd have to figure out some way to bounce the token to your hand or kill it off, and then before you uh, flip your discard pile and shuffle it into your deck again. So oh, that's great. Yeah, a little bit of token insurance. Mm. A little bit of token insurance, and this isn't uncommon. So we might not have any. Uh, might not have any Saurian rares here. Next Saurian card, City Ooh. State Interest. Mm. This is one we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Each friendly creature captures one amber. It's an action, um, and yeah, it's really nice if you've got a lot of creatures and your opponent's got a lot of amber and no board yes. wipes. For sure, for sure, and that's a, a good, some good um, synergy with Ambrosia Outpost there. One way to capture, and we can just keep on taking it. Mm-hmm. Next, we have ooh, ooh a new card, brand new card. Yeah, Aquila, Lone Hero, six power, one armor, dinosaur soldier with an omni ability, capture one amber. If there are more enemy creatures than friendly creatures, um, which is unlikely with this deck, I think <laughs> um, it's got a damage pip on it as well. Um, but just having these ty- types of strong board presences are always, I think, welcome in 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 modern Keyforge. Yeah, yeah. Now this card should be fun. It could definitely do a lot of work in sealed. I love that it's an omni. It's a conditional omni there. Capture one if there are more enemy creatures than friendly creatures. So pretty cool. And it appears that Aquila the Lone Hero, who is a dinosaur, is uh, underwater fighting... Uh, are they underwater? Under they are the somewhere sea. fighting under either undersea sea. things or, or plant people. Mm-hmm. Not quite mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Not quite sure. Either way, they are uh, they are the 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 consummate warrior. It would appear. All right, next Saurian card. Oh, another Aquila Lone Hero. Oh, I love doubles. Hilariously, we have two Lone Heroes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's a love story, Zach. That's really cute. They met each other under the sea. One of them was damaged with a pip <laughs> from a previous. A previous uh, dinosaur relationship, and um, and they, they fell in love. Love always has omni. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, next we have uh, Ballistego or Ballistigo. Whoa, a, stega- a Stegosaurus combined with a catapult. <laughs> <laughs> I Ooh, actually it's... think that might be animal cruelty. Um... Uh, not according to Ballastego. <laughs> Ballastego appears to be loving it. Mm. Uh, Ballastego is five power dinosaur soldier. Play, you may exalt Ballastego. While Ballastego has amber on it, it gains a splash attack three. So it's big and it can get a bit bigger when it's got amber loaded up. Oh, sorry, sorry Zach, what did you say? I, I was just referring that one to the RSPCA. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I think the uh, the 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 um, 
the animal help people might have might have trouble taking them in. I'm I'm not familiar with a whole lot of animal control programs that are equipped to be able to take out a stegosaurus <laughs> with a ballista <laughs> loaded on its back, who very much is enjoying the state of being. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so three big beefy dinos, another oh, ballistago, um, and this this one has a capture pip, which is great. You don't even have to exalt it. I love this deck. <laughs> That's great. So it can it doesn't even have to exalt. This Ballastego was so serious about splash attack that it went ahead and got a capture pip. <laughs> it's like I don't even want to have to exalt myself. I'm I'm going to use enemy amber for that. Amazing. Brutal. <laughs> Amazing. Chancellor Dexterous. And this is new uh, too. This is brand new. This is brand new. Uh after reap so it's got three power dinosaur politician. Uh, and it is uh, ch- the chancellor is a a a raptor esque a raptor esque dinosaur here, sleek face with a what of somewhat of a forum in the background, holding out a trinket in front of a uh, a saurian looking trinket in front of a star alliance uh, uniformed person here, and they have the ability after reap you may exalt chancellor dextrous's right neighbor, if you do that creature belongs to house saurian for the remainder of the turn. It's very specific, but I guess it's something to do with having a right hand in terms of uh, politicians mm. often have have a right hand. Um, yeah. Mm. And it is uh, it is a bit specific for the, the you know, the, the power to turn a creature into a completely different house is relatively powerful. So the exalt and then it must be in their their right neighbor are, you know, two costs to help balance that out a little bit here. Uh, am I alone in thinking it's slightly ironic that in the image, uh, Chancellor Dexterous is handing out something to someone to the left of them? <laughs> um, uh, uh, you, you're not wrong in your perception. However, <laughs> the camera is uh, flipping things left to right for reasons unknown to me. <laughs> oh! So, uh, over <laughs> over here in Georgia in the United States, Chancellor Dexterous is handing the thing over on the right side. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Oh, wow. Okay, so when I actually mm. see these cards, I'm going to be like, something feels strange. Right. Um, yes, indeed. All right, <laughs> moving on. Oh, yes. I'll let you read this one, Ed. This is a great one. Okay, epic poem. We have an image of a dinosaur with a some kind of I don't know early loot, um, and it says it's an action. It says play, exalt a friendly creature, put an amber on it, gain one amber for each amber on that creature. Ooh, mm-hmm. oh, I like that because we've got yes. a lot of we've got a lot of put amber on your creatures. We have got a lot of capture. We can tank up a ballista or a, a lonely dino roar and mm-hmm. um and we can go for it well, uh, 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 let me let me do the optician's test for no i can't i can't read the flavor text zach <laughs> go on go on flavor text uh yeah written much thinner than the regular text it says the crowd begin to thin out around the three-day mark <laughs> yeah Fantastic. yeah makes sense yeah all right uh, just that's a-, a filibuster a bit of <laughs> Bit of knowledge of U.S. politics there. Hey, hey very hey. good, yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. All right, just a few more Sarian cards here. Moving through our commons, another oh. reprint. 
I love you the know art this on one. This. It's amazing. It's just stunning. Yes, Faust, Faust the Great. Your opponent's keys cost plus one for each friendly creature with amber on it. So quite a bit of synergy uh, with the deck so far. Really going to be able to. Uh, we have a number of options for fine tuning exactly how much amber <laughs> is is on friendly creatures here, which is fantastic. Excellent. Always happy to see Faust moving right along. Ah, Chromaticus Thrax. This is where some of our enhancements have been coming from. And it looks like a bird. Yes, it's a very bird-like dinosaur, kind of sitting down, considering it looks like it's holding a bell, and it's got a scroll here, sitting sitting in a forum. It's got its spectacles. Mm. So... Uh, Grammaticus Thrax. Uh, the Grammaticus Thrax is five power and gives two capture pips and a damage pip, which is what I believe we've seen so far. So we may have seen all of Thrax's uh, enhancements here. And uh, the flavor text is, I love Thrax. He leaves me the most glowing feedback. Aloysius the Naive. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I love Amazing. it when these things tell a story. They they really do. They really do. Uh let's see here. Okay, we've seen ten Saurian cards. We have two yep. more working through our commons. <gasps> Pale into insignificance. Play. Destroy each creature with the lowest power. And there's yep. an amber pip as well there. Uh, also in the great tradition of some of the best flavor text. Uh, this one is a quote. It says, the history books will remember my name. Unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So this this is some, some great, uh, it's just a great blow up a creature card because there's no chains and, you know, you've got more control over the board on your turn. Uh, and this spoiler, uh, this spoiler when it was originally spoiled was actually sent to our sister podcast, help from future self. Woo. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Last Saurian card. Oh, uh, recruit. Yeah. Make a token creature. If you exalted a friendly creature this turn, archive recruit. I, so, I really like the theme of that. Cause of course, recruiting yeah. is getting a token creature. Um, that makes a lot of sense. We've got a, another dinosaur. Might be the same one that had the loot. Um, fresh off giving epic poems for five days long, they've decided, do you know what? <laughs> I want to go and be a headhunter um, or a recruiter, um, uh-huh. which, which makes sense. So, Yeah. Yeah. And we've got five cards that... Uh, we have five cards that exalt in this deck so far. So... Uh, which is great for a recruit. One of them, Chancellor Dexterous, can even do it uh, each turn. So, and we have Epic Poem for a little payoff of uh, stacking things up. So that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, so scholars are token checking our token cards. So far, I think we only have two things that generate tokens. Mm. Going back and double checking, but I think it's just recruit. Uh, it is recruit and then clone home. Yep. Those are the only two so far, which From are both Keyboard the action. Celebration is that is yeah. that a low number? Uh, so far, it is a low number. Every deck should have at least three, um, but there's plenty of things that generate tokens. You, it's possible, uh, not common, but definitely possible to get into the double digits. So, 
Uh, we'll see what we have in Unfathomable here, but so far we're not going to be seeing many scholars, uh, which is okay because the deck definitely has some good game plans outside of that. Um, but we shall see. So this should be over into Unfathomable, our uh, our Lovecraftian-esque undersea monsters, starting with the rares. <gasps> Ed. Ed, this is the sweatiest card in the set. Is it? Really? This is this is probably the sweatiest card in the set. Oh, this is wow. my first one. It looks... I don't know what you're doing with the camera, but it looks 3D. It looks like... You know when you move a card <laughs> around, you've got that like yeah. 3D. It looks amazing. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Should, we, yeah, should, the, we, should we tell the listeners what it actually is? <laughs> yes. So, well, I'll describe the art first because it, it um, the, the, the flavor text plays into the mechanic. Um, it is an aquan, but covered in these beautiful undersea flowers and kelp and other things. Um, and there's, there's a very androgynous, a very androgynous uh, aquan here, um, but obviously meant to be very beautiful. They're in some sort of beautiful, beautiful overflowing den. Mm. It's it like the six... last of us, but more friendly. <laughs> yes, it does look like that. So this is six power. Uh, some of you are guessing what it is already. This is Bryozoark, a six-power Aquan, with the text, When your opponent plays an action card, instead of resolving its play effect, destroy the creature on your left flank. Mm. So it completely, it blanks action card text boxes, and you just blow up, uh, blow up your own creatures instead. I mean, so. that feels like a fair trade, frankly. Um, yeah. yeah, especially from the from the small sample of action cards I've seen in this set, they're pretty good, and um, action cards in general are pretty good. That's that's strong. Yeah, it's a very good card. I'm not sure if this deck quite has the setup to really protect it, but this card is is good either way. Um, this card is good either way, which is fantastic. Um, and, I've got a question yeah. for Sweaty Zach. Yeah. What happens if there is no card to your left? Uh, destroy the creature on your left flank. Well, eventually they'll get to Briar Zoark and blow it up. Ah, so, right. You know, the, yeah. yeah, the wisdom is you'll play it on your right flank, put as many creatures to the left as possible. And uh, if they can't fight it off the board, they might have to keep playing action cards until they eat through your battle line. Yeah. So... The so joke's on see. you when you're playing uh, a Age of Ascension deck with loads of really bad action cards and your opponent's <laughs> going, ha-ha, I found a board wipe. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. I'm excited to see that. That's my first Bryozoark deck, so that is that is very exciting. Mm. Next up, another rare. Ah, this one is Plunder. Uh, it is a shark, a hammerhead shark aquan taking uh, something spiky and valuable looking uh, from somewhere. It's got an amber pip. It's an action card that reads, play, reveal a random unrevealed card from your opponent's hand. Then you may either repeat this effect or your opponent discards the last revealed card. So how this functionally works, Ed, is you play this card, your opponent shuffles up their hand, they reveal one at random, and then you decide, do I want to discard this card or do i want to look at the next card and let them keep this card yeah so um so a great card for seeing their hand and getting to pick something to discard yeah 
Yep. I'm glad it's a rare because it is a little bit more complicated to play. Um, so it ends up just being some uh, exciting control instead of something new players have to figure out on a regular basis at uh, casual play sealed night. <laughs> it's almost like so. it's a deck for you, Zach. Yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah. I'm so far pretty excited. Uh, pretty excited. You can just use plunder to look for their answer to Bryo's Oark. Be like, oh, you have a, uh, you have a, um, oh, the mutant one power play purge uh, creature. Anyways, yes, it's uh, so far, so far, so good, so far, so good. Next, we have Kalp. Hey, I've seen this one. Mm-hmm. Classic from Dark Tidings mm. in our uncommon slot. Yep. Very nice. Goldfish. <laughs> yes, big goldfish apparently singing an opera or, or something. Ooh, okay. This, this deck is, is mean. New. This is new. Mm. This is new. Why don't you tell us about this one, Ed? Uh the card is Sai Saloha. <laughs> um, is is the closest I can get to pronouncing that's, it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Saisaloa. Saisaloa. And no, dear listener, it's not a lovely sort of resort in Hawaii where you can sit in the sun and bathe uh, the day away. It looks pretty terrifying. We're talking straight out of a kind of evil octopus Lovecraftian horror, but Maybe with an ancient Egyptian vibe going on. <laughs> Frankly, that's what I can see of it. So it, we're, we're going with it. Four yep. <laughs> power, one armor, two enhanced damaged icons. And it's got a permanent effect. And it says damaged creatures do not ready during the ready card step. Whoa, we've got so much splash damage in this deck. We do. Oh, my goodness. We oh, do. please don't play this against new players. Don't ruin no, people's dreams. I, I won't. So far, we have Bryozoark, Kelp, Plunder, and Fisaloha. So perhaps perhaps we have uh, a really mean concoction brewing here. Yeah, this is brutal. Unfathomable, yeah. Uh, speaking of brutal, uh, I have gotten a lot of use out of this card when I went on TTR. <laughs> This is an action card called Befuddle. It gives you an amber for reasons unknown to God and man. Um, And it says, play, choose a house on your opponent's identity card. During their next turn, they cannot play cards of other houses. What? So it shuts shuts off playing cards of two houses. So you can use whatever you want to, and you get one house that you still get to play from. But Why does that have an amber? (laughs) I have no idea. <laughs> That's like going, do you know what what would you like for Christmas? And you're like, a second Christmas. <laughs> Granted. <laughs> oh, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. So uh, yeah. right now we are getting all of the good unfathomable cards that I've wanted to see, at the very least, in a pod. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, very mm. good. Next one. Oh, oh. You get excited here, Zach. I'm using up all my luck on one deck, Ed. This is terrible. That's fine. It's fine. That's not how luck works, Zach. It resets when you open a new deck. Oh, I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because this is a Bessel site, also gives an Amber Pip. It says, play, destroy friendly creature. If you do, look at your opponent's hand and choose a card from it. That player discards that card. (laughs) What? 
And it's got an amber pip. <laughs> um, I, to the good people at Ghost Galaxy, um, this seems like an amazing set. I'm slightly <laughs> concerned about the power levels of some of these cards. Um, the, yeah, hmm. this is good. This is great. I mean, it's going to yeah. be good fun. Um, and yeah, wow. Um, yeah. Do you know what? Actually, this is great because you're going to have cards that can say Martian generosity, not today, mm-hmm. and proverbially mm-hmm. f- throw it out, throw it out the room. Um, and it, it it does damage some of those combo decks, I think, or yeah. at least presents a threat to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I have um, a ton of cards apparently in this deck that are doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, moving right along, <sighs> Fathom Reaver. <laughs> So okay. the the art, if you're not acquainted, is this very buff Aquan with a giant spear, shoulder pad, uh, protecting a little a little guy just doing the same thing, pointing a little spear. Mm. It has four power. Play, make a token creature. While you control a token creature, your opponent refills their hand to one less card during the draw cards step. Okay. So wow, mean. Our token creature is awfully easy to kill, and we apparently don't make a lot of them. Um, but Fathom Reader makes a token, so we're happy about that. Crikey. This unfathomable lineup is just... Uh, it's up there with the top-tier disc lineups from set one. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is mean. There's It's great. It's uh, all one of so far, but all very mean. All very mean. Um, yeah, under pressure, it is an upgrade. This creature cannot ready, and it has a um, a, a couple of pips on it. It's got an amber pip and a capture icon, just for good measure. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So happy to see that. That's nice. Uh, I don't think we don't have a way to exhaust a creature on our turn quite yet, but under pressure certainly gives the opponent just only one more one more use out of a creature before it's exhausted for good. Fantastic. All right. Just, I believe that's the deck list. So just four more cards here okay. moving through our unfathomable, uh, still our uncommons. All right. We're to the commons. Mm. The glint spine net caster creature two power enhanced two amber pips. I mean, that's already a dust pixie. Um, and it says after reap exhaust a creature, so it's a dust pixie yeah. with a bit more. Yeah, it's uh, actually the enhanced pips are capture pips. Probably tough to oh, see sorry. in that distance yeah, can't here. See. That's okay. And I, uh, when we started this call, I had more sunlight for you. Ah, um, my, that's my, the difference. Yeah, my uh, my overhead lights give some glare here. But yeah, so yeah, that's a way to exhaust on our turn, which is great to turn off um, fighting our tokens from Fathom Reaver. Uh, or exhausting the biggest creature that might go fight a Bryozoark there. So that's great. Fantastic. All right, just three more. Mm. Sunk cost. That's <laughs> one a of fallacy. My, yes, one of my favorite <laughs> fallacies to bring up when people are engaging in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one says, it's an action card. It says, play, choose a house. Your opponent discards a random card from their hand. If that card belonged to the chosen house, make a token creature. Perfect. Great. So it's always going to be a mind of arb and it might get you a token. Great. 
Fantastic. And um, just to be clear, Keyforge is not a sunk cost fallacy. It is <laughs> no. a brilliant, brilliant thing. Um, maybe other card games, some of them might be. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, not throwing shade. Two more here. Mm-hmm. Moving through our commons. Skullback Crab. He's poison. Cool. He's cute. Mm-hmm. Well, might be cute, but I wouldn't want to go anywhere near him. No, that's true. One power, mm. poison, action, steal one. So it's got some poison. If you need to fight, it can steal one. Just hanging out. So a good little workhorse. Of no, there's shadows. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no more shadows. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then the last one. Oh, another sunk cost. We got two sunk cost. Mm. Strange that, that they weren't in order. Yeah, perhaps that was a user error here. Uh, and it may be there There were some uh, sorting inconsistencies in the final production stage for uh, some of these decks at Keyforge Celebration, so ah. that may have been it too. Not that so, that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they're working on it because they're very aware of it, so I'm sure they're addressing it. So how, that uh, that is Fan the Veterinarian of Taxation. How do you feel about your new deck, Zach? Uh, I I enjoy it. We have, um, my goodness, this is a very mean, unfathomable. It's going to be constantly causing issues between Calp, Bryo, Zoark. Gosh, Plunder, Befuddle, Abyssal Sight, Double Sunk Cost for Discarding. Uh, it is... So the yeah the unfathomable is mean. It's the the magical really be in how do all the cards work together? They all have clear game plans uh, as far as just a pod of twelve. So I'm wondering I'm wondering how they'll how they'll do together, how they'll yeah. do together here. So like uh, good targets for Chancellor Dextrous, I'll want to want to check out. Um, we have a few of them. Um, how often we'd need that outpost uh you know what the amber control really looks like there's quite a bit of creature control and then just a hand hate (laughs) and yeah um, in unfathomable and uh a moderate amount of a moderate amount of amber control so so uh well yeah we'll see how it plays i'm excited to try it out i'm excited i'm excited to find out how it goes for you yeah and uh, looking at the pips, that's four, five. Oh, yeah, not not many amber pips here. Six. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this will really need to get effects uh, amber through effects. That's a uh, seven seven total amber pips on cards. So this deck will really need to make sure it's pulling off of pulling off its tricks. And if it can generate plenty of amber, anyways, then um, then it's a great defense against uh, Infernus, which is fantastic. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Fantastic. Excellent. So, uh, Ed, after seeing your first batch of Winds of Exchange cards, uh, is there anything that stood out to you the most about either like a specific card or or uh, a pattern or themes you're seeing in the cards? I think it's just more a sense of general excitement for me. I want to get my hands mm. on these cards. I want to play them. I want to see how these cards do together for you. I'm quite excited. I'm quite excited about that. With um, good old uh, clicker, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the, the card is called, um, <laughs> yep. and yeah, I, it's 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 it seems from what I've seen so far, the art is gorgeous, the mechanics are 
rich um, and it's just some good fun Keyforge. It doesn't seem quite as um, intricate, um, and I say that in a positive way, as Dark Tidings as well, if we take this deck as an isolated instance. so mm. Yeah. Yep, that makes sense to me, Ed. Oh, dear listener, thank you so much for joining us for this first look at Winds of Exchange, where we looked through Fan, the Veterinarian of Taxation. It was a lot of fun to do that over camera with with you, Ed. Uh, I think that was uh, a good time. A good time. If you want to hear about what guests are coming up on Call of Discovery and submit questions to them, just like we did for the Christian T. Peterson and Michael Hurley episode, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon. We love our Patreon subscribers. They keep us doing what we're doing, and it's a fantastic group of people. Uh, By supporting us there on Patreon, you can submit questions for our future guests. You get to hear about what future guests are coming on before the general public does, which is great. Uh, And we also have some Patreon exclusive content coming in the new year you'll hear more about that a little bit later you can reach us at podcast at callofdiscovery.com hit us up on twitter uh, or most of the other social media sites and thank you so much for listening we wouldn't be here without you a reminder that as keyforge restarts there's the new player guide on arcana arcana and it's linked in the description please go check that out have that link at the ready to help onboard any new players that you're getting uh, in this new age of Keyforge. But lastly, dear listener, you know I've got to ask it. Have you answered the call of discovery?